So at Confession, I've known for a little while that I'll be following this video, and I'm like, how do you segue from that? Like, I am not dancing for sure, um, but I love, I love Jim, and it's been a pleasure to work with him, and I know that he'll be greatly missed, but 42 years of ministry, uh, that is a lot to celebrate. So I hope that you are able to go and, and see him in the atrium after this service. Uh, today we are concluding our uh, series looking over the book of Ephesians. Uh, we are reading from Ephesians 6, uh, verses 10 through 20 today. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. Uh, if you are um, scared of the Bible, which most of the time uh, I can admit that I look at the Bible and I just get overwhelmed. Uh, I've been in ministry for 18, uh, 20 years. Uh, and looking at the Bible still, just uh, I get overwhelmed. But Ephesians is a great uh, book of the Bible just to start out with. Uh, you may not want to start with Genesis. So you can go straight into Ephesians. There's a lot to learn. So if you have not had the privilege of, of being a part of this series, I, I want to challenge you uh, to leave today and read through the book of Ephesians. That won't take you very long, um, but I love it. It challenges me in ways that I never thought would challenge me, uh, and, I, and I hope that it can challenge you as well. The scripture we are reading uh, today and looking over today is going to be one that is pretty familiar uh, to you. So let's go ahead. Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit of all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray also for me, for whenever I speak, my words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains." Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So being honest, how many of you pictured this soldier coloring sheet when reading the scripture? Right? Like if you grew up in church, this is just something that like naturally, well, this is the armor of God week here in Sunday school. And you would color this and you would learn about the different ways that the soldier could protect himself. And to be honest, when I was looking at the scripture and knowing this is what we are talking about, it's very hard for me to transition to this is what you learn when you are a child and how can you apply this as an adult? That is the challenge with this scripture because there is so much truth with this scripture. It's so much beyond being a soldier and having all of these different things. It goes so well with our lives today. This scripture is so much more than just what can happen in our childhood. It's so much more than a coloring sheet. And I think it is one of those things that you can read and read over and be like, oh, this is the armor of God scripture. I'm gonna place it over here because I know this. I'm gonna go over here and learn about this. And today, we're just gonna look directly at this scripture. The scripture that we may know really, really well, the scripture that is displayed on a coloring sheet, 
but a scripture that is alive and well and honest in our lives today. It's easy to look at the scripture as a battle between evil and good, right and wrong, dark and light. But I want us to look at this scripture today and the foundation of what it really is. It is rooted in protection. We long to protect and to be protected. Now, when I was a little girl, I was very, very clumsy. I, I skipped crawling and went straight to walking, and I was a very wobbly walker. Um, my parents tell stories of me just like like falling into my play, um, play chest and the door like falling over. Um, and so I had bruises all over me. Uh, I would take running, uh, just like a running dash down the hallway and just walk right into the wall, just run straight in. Uh, I have the same amount of grace today. Uh, I'm just a clumsy, clumsy clumsy person. And I would knock into uh, the like, coffee table on the corners. Like all of the things that exist now to protect your home uh, were probably because of me growing up in the 80s and just going into different things. Uh, so I was just very, very clumsy. My mom tells of a story of me doing that like all the time. People would look at my parents weird at the grocery store because my whole face was just covered in bruises just because I was clumsy. My dad, me being the first child, my dad wanted to protect me. And so he like legit went to my mom and was like, we need bubble wrap. We need lots of bubble wrap and we need a helmet. Uh, and that's what my dad wanted to protect me with. He wanted to put me around in bubble wrap and just protect me from, from myself and my clumsiness. I feel like God is the same way too. I feel like, like our Heavenly Father wants to just wrap us up in bubble wrap and give us a helmet so to protect us from ourselves and for the things of this world. And we're the same way with people that we love, the people that are vulnerable, the people in society that we just want to love and protect. We long to be protected and to protect. We want to help those that are vulnerable. But the same way God wants to protect us. And we miss that because we look over this scripture. Why would we be any different? Why wouldn't God want to protect us. Think about all the countless hours and resources you spend protecting yourself and those that you love. Uh, going on vacation, I can tell you that uh, applying sunscreen and protecting my son from the rays of sun takes me about six different steps. You guys too? Uh, we have the, the hat that also has like this shield. One day he won't let me put this on him, but we're going to capture it today. Uh, it's just like this long cloth that goes behind so it protects his neck and the bill protects his face. There's uh, face sunscreen. Uh, then there is water protected sunscreen, which is all of the different things. There's sunscreen for your lips. Uh, so all of this protection from the sun. Just think about how much protection you have just from the sun. We have alarm clocks. We have locks. We have codes. We have software to protect our computers from different things. We have vaccines and drugs. I forget about bug spray, but goodness, I need to use bug spray more, right? The mosquitoes are great right now. Um, I need to protect myself from that. We have insurance policies for everything. We protect ourselves so much on the outside, and these are all things we need to do, and we have to do. But why is God calling us to put on the armor of God? Why do we do this? Pastor David said it so well a couple of weeks ago in his message when he says that we live in a spiritual world. We live in a spiritual 
world. The Holy Spirit is ever present and ever active in our lives. We can point to different things that happen and we said, this could be the Holy Spirit working in my life and give ownership to that. There's so much good and so much beauty and so much love that comes from the Holy Spirit. These things in our lives, these moments in our lives that we could just capture and say, this is what this is. All the good, all the beauty, and all the love. But there is evil in this world as well, which makes us want to skip over the scripture even more. Evil that seeks to divide. Evil that gives us false confidence in who we are and our abilities. Evil that manifests itself in unhealthy expressions of pride and fear and guilt and resentment and anger. Evil, evil is real. Bad things happen. And we place our trust in things and people. And we are reminded sometimes that things and people are bound to fail us at one point or another. Things happen and fail me all the time, especially when my husband is out of town. I had a week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, where I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Clean out my refrigerator. So I started getting rid of all of the things in the refrigerator that have expired. And don't act like I'm the only one that has expired things in the refrigerator, right? So I'm getting rid of everything in the, in the uh, containers and, and the Tupperware and like, ooh, I don't even remember what this was. Uh, so I'm just putting that all down the disposal, letting it all go until the disposal started making a noise and water started filling up in my sink. Uh, and, and so this has not been the first time that the disposal has failed me. And so I know about the little key, right? The key uh, that you can go and put it underneath. It looks like this. Uh, and you can put it underneath and you can spin it. And it's supposed to really fix your garbage disposal. Except my garbage disposal wasn't broken. It was the pipe that was underneath the garbage disposal that was clogged. And I discovered this because I went on YouTube and said, how to make water in your sink go away. <laughs> and I'm so thankful for the gentleman, and I should have remembered his name, that thought, you know what? Somebody needs this nugget of truth today. Um, and so I, I Googled it. I got the YouTube video, and he's like, yeah, the key doesn't work. It's your pipes. And so I took a deep breath. My son's watching cartoons. I'm by myself. I gathered all the towels and I opened up all the pipes. And y'all, there is no smell that is good for, hey, I just cleaned up my refrigerator and it has not all passed through the wonder of the pipes. Uh, so it was just disgusting. And the smell was gross, uh, but I prevailed. It all got fixed, but it should have worked, right? Like those pipes and the garbage disposal, that system works for so many people for so many years. And you, you take that for like granted until you have to sit there and like squeegee out everything in your pipes by yourself because your husband is out of town. We take those things for granted. And two days later, uh, I'm getting ready. The story's not done. Uh, two days later, I'm getting ready, uh, and my son is asleep, and uh, I hear gushing water, uh, which is never a good sign, especially after you've spent time like with your sink. So I'm like, nope, it's not coming from my kitchen. And I realized it's coming from upstairs in a bathroom that nobody ever uses ever. So I ran upstairs and um, water is gushing from like the, the part of the toilet uh, that comes like that big silver coily thing. Uh, it comes from my toilet. It's gushing from that and gushing like I thought it was my bathtub that was running and it was really 
the toilet gushing out. Uh, so I had to go and I turned the water off and it worked and I haven't turned it back on yet. So uh, we're going to deal with that later. Um, but nobody flushed the toilet. Like nothing happened up there. It was supposed to just do its job. And I have no idea what caused, and I still don't know what caused the gushing water, the flood of 2019 in my home. Standing water, same towels, I'm going through and using those for that. Things work until they don't work. Things in our lives that we take for granted work until they don't work. We've all been there. We've all been surrounded by stink and waste that we thought was good. We thought, hey, everything's going well and it's, it's going on until you have to be faced with the flood of 2019 or a pipe that doesn't work. Those analogies, they work. I mean, it was legit an issue, but we have evil in our lives that we don't really even recognize and we don't want to face. We don't have to face until something or somebody fails us. And we are caused to have to look at our lives. We put our trust in so many things that work beautifully until they just don't. We put our trust in so many people that support and love us beautifully until they don't. Pipes fail us. Coils that transport sewage fail us, y'all. People fail us. Our bodies fail us. Leaders fail us. We live in a beautifully complex but broken world. And we live in a world that provides times and moments that cause us to seek protection for ourselves and others. What does that look like for you? Think about what your go-to defense is. When life gets hard, what do you do? Do you freeze do you just stand still, either, either figuratively or emotionally, just stop and not move? Are you in denial? Do you pretend that that did not just happen? You let the toilet flood just happen? Do you turn it off and say, I'm going to get to that later? Do you vent to others, wanting something to happen, but knowing that just talking with others and being negative with others is not going to produce anything? Do you think, hey, I've got it from here, and you use your own strength and your own will to change things? Are you defensive? Do you blame others? What does it look like when you seek protection and you look for the defense when life gets hard? Uh, I have referenced my son several times. He's almost five, and we're in a great phase uh, that looks like this. <sighs> Y'all, uh, so I put this, <laughs> I put this on Facebook, and I'm like, hey, just wondering, how long does this phase last? I didn't get any comforting <laughs> anything. And what, what I learned from that, and when I got all the answers of, yeah, no, my son is 25, and he still does that. Um, we do this. We do this, don't we? Like, he's learned that somewhere from somebody, although I do think it's ingrained in their souls just to get at us sometimes, Right? But life causes those moments where you just want to cross your arms in the noise. <sighs> That's pivotal in this phase. We want to do that. And it's usually accompanied by him saying, That's not fair. 
that's not fair that this is happening or you're asking me to do this or this is happening over here. That's not fair. And nothing in life is sobering than you have to stand there and look at your almost five-year-old and be like, yeah, it's not. It's not fair that you have to share. It's not fair that that happened to you. Today, I want to look at you, all of you, and say, life's not fair. And it's not fair that sometimes we have to, to go into a world that is evil, that is filled with things and people that fail us. In life, there are disasters. In life, there is heartache. In life, there is evil. And life is not fair. Life is not fair. But we can choose to cross our arms and pout and stand firm on the false hope that people and things will fail us. Or we can stand firm, like the scripture says, stand firm with the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and with our feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. Let's look at verse, 15, verse 13 again. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of, feet, of peace in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 13 tells us to do two things. Stand firm and pray. Stand firm and pray. And these aren't just things to read. These are things to do, actions to take. Because evil looks different to all of us. The beauty of scripture is it applies to all of us wherever we are, whatever we're going through. It all looks different to us. When you hear the word evil happening in our lives, all of us picture different things. But all of us can do these two things. Stand firm and pray. Do something. It is time to stop venting and to start praying. There are moments that don't need sympathy, but, but strength, and that strength comes with a choice. It's easy to put this scripture in a box in our minds and categorize it as a childhood memory to be like, we need to put on the armor of God, but it is another thing to choose to stand firm and pray and literally focus on one of those words, peace and righteousness, truth, some of us need to hear those things and equip ourselves and put on the armor of God to look at those things. Many of us spend too much time protecting us from the sun and illness and theft and natural disasters, but become helpless and negligent when it comes to protecting our hearts, our minds, and our souls. The armor of God calls us to put on truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. Our whole body needs to be armed. We need to protect our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Stand firm and pray. Verse 10 tells us this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and mighty in his power. 
Finally, be strong in the Lord and mighty in his power. We rewrite this all the time. We look at this verse and we think, finally, be strong and mighty. We can't be strong the way God calls us to be strong. And we can't be mighty the way God calls us to be mighty without putting on the armor of God, which means including the Lord and everything that you do and living this protected life, the bubble wrap, the armor of God. We are called to finally be strong in the Lord, not on our own, not with our own strength, because sometimes, most of the time, our strength is not enough. Be strong in the Lord and mighty in his power. Again, we are powerful people given the choice and the abilities to do powerful things, but it is a whole other set of power when we include the Lord and his power in what we do, protecting ourselves. Be strong in the Lord and mighty in his power. The armor of God reminds us that we are not alone. We are called to not live alone and fight alone and protect alone. The armor of God teaches us to pray. The armor of God places our trust in the Lord's mighty strength and not our own. And we need to teach our children this truth, the truth that goes beyond the color sheet and claim it for ourselves as adults. Don't keep the armor of God on those color sheets, but accept the God-given protection that we are called to live out. I have found myself in moments where I've had to just push pause and think about my next steps. Many of you remember 9-11, and many of you remember the night after 9-11 happened. I remember sitting there uh, looking out the window where you would see airplanes just flying around, and the skies were completely clear, knowing that the next days and the next years to come would be pivotal for us. And I remember looking at the sky and saying, I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to live in fear. My dad got diagnosed with cancer and it was, it was bad. It was bad and, and some of it was because of things that he chose to do in his life. And at that moment, I looked at my dad and, and I thought, I refuse to live in fear, but I also refuse to live in anger. The unknown happens all the time, and I had to remind myself, I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to live in fear because fear before then paralyzed me. I wouldn't move, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't speak, I would deny anything because I'm scared of the unknown. But I need to, to remember that I'm not alone, and you need to remember that too. When you refuse to live in fear, you put on the protection of God, the armor of God that equips you for the battle that may lay ahead. Today, I want to ask you, what do you need to refuse? What does this look like for you today? Think about what that word is. I refuse to live what? And if you're brave enough, write it down. Put it on your bulletin right now. Text it to somebody that may be here or somebody that will hold you accountable to that. I refuse to live in anger. I refuse to live with guilt. 
I refuse to be overcome with sadness. I refuse to live in fear. When you make that choice, when you say, I refuse to live this way, you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And you partner up with the armor of God to take on the battle that lies ahead. Refusing to live one way or another allows you to give up control and live in his mighty power with his mighty strength. Making the choice can only be fulfilled and lived out with the power of the Holy Spirit and the armor of God and with prayer. I've said before that you can learn a lot from Ephesians and especially um, from what Paul had to say in the last couple of verses he wrote in Ephesians 6. It says this, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whatever I speak, the words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains. I pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul wrote these words in prison, literally bound in chains, and yet he calls us to pray for one another and for him, for the message that the Lord has for him to speak to others. Today you may feel like you are in chains, bound to a decision that you have made or people or things that have failed you. And it's time to say, I refuse to live this way and I'm going to pray for my next steps. I refuse to live this way and I'm going to invite somebody else to pray for me as well because all of us can be ambassador in chains. All of us can declare the good works and the good words in the gospel all of us have that opportunity and we have that privilege. Today, even though things and people have failed us, we can leave here remembering, we can leave here remembering the words that are in 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Will you please pray with me? Holy Father, help us today to think about what we refuse to do and live in in our lives. Lord, if it's anger, help us to seek out ways to find peace through you. If it's guilt, if it's sadness, if it's fear, Lord, help us to come to you, knowing that we are not alone and knowing that you long to protect us so that we can protect others with your word and with your truth, and with your righteousness, Lord. Help us to remember this scripture, not just because of what we learned in Sunday school so long ago, but, but what you call us to do and live in our lives. For it's your holy name we pray. Amen.